Listen, here it is to say the commandment, the moral teachings of Christ. Did you know there's more than ten commandments? Many people just see the ten commandments on the wall and think that's all there is. Listen, the Bible is slap full of commandments that we're to live by. The Bible's full of them. But listen, in Matthew chapter 23, the Pharisees asked Jesus, which is the greatest commandment? And I love what Jesus said. The Pharisees were always, 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 always trying to trip Jesus up. Do you remember when they brought the adulterous woman to him at the wedding? And they said, hey, this lady was caught in the act. Listen, if they wanted to do it right, and they wanted to handle the situation, they would have brought both of them, right? And they were trying to catch Jesus amongst the law. That way they can condemn him, and he would not be pure. He would not be perfect. But Jesus sent them home one by one, right? They were always trying to trip Jesus up, but he always answered their question with another question. Most of the time, they didn't have a whole lot to say to that. Because, you know, Jesus knew their inside secrets. See, listen, when we talk to each other, sometimes we got stuff inside of us that other, purpose, other people don't know because I can't see inside of you. I can't read your mind. I can't see your heart. But Jesus, the Bible talks about he has, has eyes as a flame of fire, of judgment. It can penetrate through your flesh and straight into your heart. He sees your desires. He sees your wants. He sees everything that's inside of you. And listen to me. Jesus saw inside of those Pharisees. He saw inside of all those people. He sees in you and I today. He knows our true heart and our true desires. But here in Matthew chapter 22, it says this. Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. And, thou, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Listen, he took, the, he took those commandments and just split them in two. The first dealing with God. Thou shalt be no other gods before me. Thou shalt have no other graven image. Thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain. Then he went down to the second. He said, this deals with people. Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not steal. And what he did, he just split these laws down the middle. He said, number one is against God. And number two is against other people. He said, you ought to honor both of those people. That's what he told the Pharisees right here. Jesus took the laws and he just split them right down the middle. The Bible is clear on these commandments. We have to have them. We have to have them. You know, in Deuteronomy chapter 11, the Bible says this, that the, the, uh, those commandments, those laws, those statutes are both a blessing and a curse. The Bible says that. Do you know that Joshua stood in the uh, valley of Shechem between Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal, and he began to read those laws to the children of Israel, and they began to cheer and chant. He began to read the curse. He began to read the law. Why? Why is it a curse and why is it a blessing? Because if you abide by the law, it is a blessing unto you. But if you go against the law, it will be a curse for you. Amen? The Bible says that it is a blessing and it is a curse. It is up to you to make the decision which one it is. Hebrews chapter 10, verses uh, 16. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws on the inward parts of their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. That's that new covenant he's talking about. Listen, we know that Moses came down from Mount Sinai with that tablet with those laws on him. He said, now... Now, Brother Adam, I'll write them laws on the inward parts of their heart. Listen, I'll bring those things into remembrance on their mind. I'll be inside of them. We know through the Comforter, through the Holy Ghost, He will dwell inside of us. In Psalms chapter 119, verse 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Listen, when we read about David, we talked about the sin when he, uh, when he sinned with Bathsheba and all those things. But one thing that he said, Lord, I have sinned against you. 
I have sinned against you. Listen, when we sin, when we go against the Word of God and we, when we give into the flesh and we go against what God has drawn us to do, listen, we may sin against other people, but the most important thing we must know is that we are sinning against the Holy God. We are sinning against the God who said, I love you. I gave my son for you. I've done everything for you. I've created this for you. I've given these laws for you. I've even sent someone who would fulfill the laws and free you from the curse of the laws. And now you are sinning against me. But praise God, the Bible says that we have an advocate with the Father. Amen. But where there is sin, grace abounds much more. Amen. God knew that we live in a fallen creation. God knew that we would, we would live in this corrupt world, this wickedness. And he knew that all men fall short of the glory of God. Amen. But he knew that we would need redemption and we would need a Savior. And so he sent his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Listen, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, probably one of, if not the favorite book uh, in the Bible, says, The book of the law shall not depart from thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein, there, uh, meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do accordingly all that is written therein. But listen to this last part right here. For then they shall make thy ways prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Listen, Moses rehearsed the laws and the words of God into Joshua's ears. He's rehearsed them. He's rehearsed them. He's rehearsed them. All right? And all of a sudden, we get to the end of uh, Exodus. And we get, in, we get ready. And, and here at the end of Exodus, Moses is dying. Amen. And then we get to the beginning of Deuteronomy. And Joshua is about to take the torch. Joshua is about to be at the helm of the children of Israel. Joshua is about to take him over into the promised land. Amen. And listen, and God spoke to Joshua. And this is what he said. He said, do not let the book of the law depart from thy mouth. What he's saying, he said, do not stop rehearsing this in the ears of the children. He said, day and night, meditate on this. Study. You know what that word meditate means? That, uh, the, re the real meaning behind meditate means to, to speak to oneself. To murmur to oneself. It's as though you were sitting there studying for a test or studying for a message to preach or studying for a lesson and you're sitting there in the room by yourself and you're reading it aloud. You're reading to yourself. You're meditating on it. You're studying it. You're taking it in. That's what he said. He said day and night. And then he goes on to say this, that thou mayest observe to do accordingly all that is written therein. But see, he wanted the God wanted nothing more than the children of Israel to be prosperous. Amen? He wanted them to have the promised land. He wanted them to have good things. God wanted them. Those were his people. He said, if you do this, if you do these things which I have commanded you, you will have good success. You will have a prosperous life. And this is what he's saying through Joshua right here. Listen, it all points to the one who came to fulfill the law and to redeem us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse. We know as the Bible says that Jesus, he became a curse, right? Because cursed is every man who hangs upon the tree. And we were under this law of sin and death. We're under this curse that says death. And Jesus came, and he came forth as a man of flesh. And he came forth, and we beheld his glory. And he went to the cross of Calvary and hung on that cross and naked and in shame and died that we may be freed from that law of death, that we may come into the law of grace and forgiveness, that we may be able to walk in the arms of Jesus Christ. Amen. Some of you ought to get excited that we've stepped out of death and stepped into life with Jesus Christ. Amen. Without Jesus Christ, we have no hope. Without Jesus Christ, we have nothing to stand up here and preach about. Without Jesus Christ, we have no victory. 
Without Jesus Christ, we ought to well, just go home and eat a hot dog and watch a football game, right? But, but God had a perfect plan in the beginning. God had a way set forth before the creation of the world, and His name was Jesus Christ. And He come to die for our sins, to be a substitutionary atonement, to be propitiation for our sins, to make a way when, when, there, when there was no other way. Amen. We have to have more than a grasp on it. Number two, we have to keep His words. We must keep them. That word keep means to observe, to read, to read. Listen, we have, we have to keep, the, excuse me, to keep them, you have to have them. So number one is we have to have the Word of God. Whether it be in a book, whether it be on your tablet, whether it be on your phone, we have to have the Word of God in our life, right? The Word of God being the written Word of God, the Word of God being Jesus Christ because the Word became flesh and dwelt among men. We have to have Him. But listen, we also have to keep Him. John 15.10 says this, If ye keep my commandments, ye abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in His love. See, here's the problem today. Everybody claims to be a Christian. Everybody claims to be a Christian. You go amongst the crowd and you say, How many of you are Christians? And everybody raises their hand. Raises their hand, I'm a Christian, but you got to take into account. Some of those are Christians who, they call themselves Christians, but they take Christianity and they put it upon a shelf with another God, and it's just one of their gods that they worship at some time, right? That's not Christianity. That's not what God has called Christianity, amen? No. you got to think some of those people call themselves Christians, but they've never truly given their heart and lives to Jesus Christ. They fell into some formality, some religion, some tradition, just like I did in 8th grade when I walked down that aisle, and they never had that true conversion. They've never had that true relationship. They've never clinged and hold, held on to the Word of God. There's never been a change in their life. The Bible says that old things pass away, and behold, all things become new, any man be in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that. And so listen, there's never been that change. There's never been that transformation of the mind. Amen? Listen, there's never been that. So they raise their hand and they think they're a Christian. But then there's those who raise their hand boldly and unashamedly when confidently knowing that I am a Christian. I have confessed Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I believe in every word that is written in this Bible. I know that Jesus died for my sins. I know that He was placed in the tomb, a borrowed tomb. I know that He resurrected on the third day. I know that He is alive, seated on the right hand of the Father. And bless God, I know that one day He's coming back. He's going to call the redeemed home. And one day we'll sit with Him in the throne room saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Worthy was the Lamb who was slain. I know that. That's a Christian. And then you have those, like I said, that don't live like Christians. And we wonder today, what's going on? A major problem that we have today, there's many who call themselves Christians, but their life does not line up with God's Word. And we have a lost and dying world out there. We have a lost and wicked dying world out there. That people are dying and go to hell every single day. And then you have these people who profess to be a Christian, and they don't line their, Bible, they don't line their life up with the Word of God. And they're looking at these people saying, I don't want nothing to do with your Christianity. You talk to people like that. You treat people like that. You say things like that. You do things like that. Then I don't want anything to do with your Christianity because it's no different than what I'm doing right now in my own life. 
But see, the Bible says that we are sanctified. We are set apart. We are His workmanship created in Christ. And when He begins a good work in us, that He will not stop to the day of redemption. Amen. We are being sanctified every single day of our life through the Holy Spirit. We're waking up. We're being sanctified. We're being made new. Amen. He's sharpening us. He's strengthening us. And one day, one day, praise God, we'll be glorified. But there ought to be something different from a Christian than someone that's out there in the world. No, you don't have to become like the world to reach Jesus. Amen. The Bible says that he has an inner, infallible holy word of God and there's power in the gospel. It is the power to all Jews and to all Greeks. Amen. It's the power of God unto salvation. You just preach the word, they'll be saved. You just preach the word and they'll be saved. Listen, I've, I've been guilty sometimes of trying to come up with this great big climatic thing to say or what am I going to say to these people? How am I going to get these people to come to Christ and how am I going to win them over and how am I going to woo them? And you know what? Through a man of God who's our pastor and many others and through preaching and through studying and through reading it, all I got to do is just share the Word of God. All I have to do is just share the Word of God. I've seen people get up here and speak so eloquently. See? Then I've seen people get up here and fumble through their words. Snot and cry. Can't even hardly get anything out. It's just as good. Listen, it doesn't matter if anybody's going to get up here and mess up and butcher some words, stumble and spit and cry. It's going to be me. Guaranteed. I just proved it. But you know what? It's the Word of God that brings the power. It's the Holy Spirit of God that's inside of me that brings the power. It's not me. Nothing I can do to save you. We have to take heed and hold fast to the word of God. Joshua said in chapter 1 verse 8, we read it a while ago, may us observe to do accordingly all that is written therein. Listen, we have to keep it. To keep something, you have to have possession of it. You have to have possession of it. To keep something, you have to have possession of it. Listen, when we say keep, we mean keep the Word of God in your heart. Keep the Word of God in your mind. Keep the Word of God in your mouth. Keep the Word of God close to you. Keep the Word of God in your home. Keep the Word in your marriage. Keep the Word in your ministry. Keep the Word in your studies. Keep the Word in every part of your life. I promise you, if you will begin to keep the Word of God in your life, in every situation, in every circumstance, in every struggle, in every trial, in every temptation, every financial decision, every problem in your marriage, every problem with your child, if you'll keep the Word of God in there, I'm telling you right now, you will see a dramatic change. You'll see something awesome take place, and it's called the Holy Spirit of God, the power of the Word of God. Amen. I think the Bible is clear when it says we have to keep these words in our very present life. Jesus is the Word of God. The Bible is meant to be bread for daily use and not cake for special occasions. If Christian living, if, Christians, if, if a Christian is careless in Bible reading, they will, be, they will care less about Christian living. I'm telling you right now, there's a study, I wish I would have brought it with me, I'd have put it up on the screen, but there's a study that I have of, that Barna did of, uh, of people who read the Bible. And guys, it will blow your mind away of those who never read the Bible. Those who say they're Christians and never read the Bible. And then those who say they're a Christian and they read it like once a year, twice a year. I think I see a reoccurring problem we have today in our homes and in our lives and in Christianity and in our churches. It's the lack of reading of God's Word. John, 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 and 5 says this, And hereby we do know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. He that saith, I know Him, and keepeth not His commandments is a liar. 
and the truth is not in him. But whosoever keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that, that we are in him. The Bible says if you know him, if you say that you know him, if you say that you know him and you don't keep his commandments, the Bible says that you are a liar. You are a liar. You are a liar. You are lying. You are standing up here lying because you said that you know him and you don't keep his commandments. I didn't say you're a liar. The Bible says, Jesus says that you're a liar. Brings us to number three. We must love him. We must love him. Listen, I'll never forget. (laughs) Holston tells me all the time, he says, Daddy, I love those Lamborghinis. (laughs) I said, son, no, you don't. He said, yeah, I love them. When I get 16, I'm getting one. I love them. I said, no, you don't. And no, you're not. <laughs> but here's the thing. He thinks he loves them, but he's never touched one. He's never sat in one. He's never driven one. He's never rode in one. He don't know if he loves it. He can get in that thing. He said, man, this thing rides, this thing rides terrible. I don't like the way. You know what I'm saying? He's never possessed it. See, to love something, you have to possess it. Listen, I love my wife. I love my children because I possess them in my family. I love the children in this church because I'm involved and I possess them in that ministry. I love the family of this church because y'all are involved in my life. Listen, I love my mother. I love my brother. Listen, because they are in my life. I know them. Listen, I love the Word of God. I love Jesus Christ because I possess Him in my life. Amen? Listen, do you know that if we are possessed with the Holy Spirit of God that we'll never be possessed by the devil. We may be oppressed by the devil, but we'll never be possessed by the devil. That'll make you that'll make a shout right there. Amen. Amen. The devil can never possess you if you have the Holy Spirit. There's a no vacancy sign on your heart. Amen. There's no more room left in the end. Amen. There's no room for the devil to come in and make his place a home. And so let me tell you something. He may oppress you, but he'll never possess you. Amen. And so listen, so when we possess the Word of God and we hold on to the Word of God, we must love the Word of God. We must keep the Word of God. If you have his commandments and you keep his commandments, it's because that you, excuse me, if you have his commandments and you keep his commandments, then you will love them. You will love them. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. It doesn't get more clear than that. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Everything that I have written, that I have given to you from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22 and the covers of these Bibles right here, keep them in your life and in your everything that you do. Keep them. Because why? Because you love me. Listen, the preacher nor anyone else should have to beg you to do these things. The preacher should not have to get up here on Sunday and Wednesday. Your Sunday school teacher should not have to get in front of you and beg you to keep the Word of God. To beg you to keep the Word of God. There should be something inside of you that just pulls you to keep the Word of God. Why? Because it's called the Holy Spirit. You love Him, and you want to keep His commandments. And listen, if you have no desire to keep the commandments of God, I'm going to ask you right now and tell you right now, you need to check your heart and to make sure that you're saved and you have the salvation of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you right now, there's got to be something inside. You may have those fleshly desires come up, those fleshly thoughts come up, but something just presses them down, and something just takes them out. It's called the Holy Spirit of God. But if that's not there, you need to ask yourself, am Am I truly saved? Am I a child of God? This should be something you do because you love Him. The entirety of the Bible was written about one man, Jesus Christ. Listen, God so loved and is still loving the world. 
that this so that this wicked and corrupt world that he gave his own son to be to be made in the likeness of sin. Listen, so he could be marred by the ugliness of sin and was to be put to death by the penalty of sin just so those in sin could be set free from the curse of sin. John 3, 16, Jesus Christ gave us, excuse me, God gave us his son, Jesus Christ, that we could be bust free from the chains and the debt and the law and the curse of sin and death. That ought to make you, I'm talking about that ought to make you just want to love him all the more. See, listen, reality is we don't look at death. It's not something that we want to, we don't wake up in the morning and think about death. What if I die today or what if this person dies today? We don't think about that. You know, some, death is just something that is morbid. It's just something we don't want to think about. But listen, we know that the Bible is clear about death. That the Bible says that it is appointed unto man once to die, then after this it is the judgment. I'm telling you, everybody sitting in this room at the sound of my voice, even on live stream, they will die. But Jesus Christ coming forth as a baby, laying in a manger, lived his life for 33 years, made a way for us to come into the heavens and be seated at the throne to worship his Father in heaven, God the Father. Listen, he made this way. That is a love right there that I've never seen. Greater love hath no man than a man that laid down his life for his friend. John 15, 13. Listen, there's no greater love story that you will ever read in your entire life than you'll read right here in between these covers. My Bible tells me that Jesus rose from the tomb and defeated death and was victorious over the grave. We love him because he first loved us. And listen, when you find out what the Word has truly done, listen, the Word created this world. The Word created you and I. Listen, it led the children of Israel out of bondage. It conquered the giant. It shut the mouth of lions. It stood in the midst of the fiery furnace. Listen, it prophesied of the great Messiah that was to come. It became flesh and dwelt among men. It cast out devils, healed the lame, healed the blind, healed the deaf, healed the sick. It resurrected the dead. It died for our sins. It conquered death. Listen, it saved 3,000 people on the southern steps when Peter was preaching at Pentecost. Listen, it saved the Gentiles. It spread through all the nations. Listen, and now it is still today at this very moment transforming lives. That's what the Word of God has done and will continue to do. Listen, if that don't make you love the Word of God, then I don't know what will. Amen. Listen, if the Word of God is true, it is sharper than any, uh, any two-edged sword. Amen. Listen, it is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And listen, every time I get into the Word of God, I read this right here. It says, Psalms 119.18. Open thou my eyes, that I may behold wondrous things from thy law. Listen, Psalms 119.105. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path path. Listen, we live in a dark, dying world, and we need light. And the only light that we have is the light of Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen, when John talks about the new heaven and the new earth coming down, he said there'll be no sun. Oh, there'll be no moon because Jesus Christ is the light thereof. Amen. Amen. We'll be, hey, listen, I'm listen, I know we're getting there on Sunday mornings. I know we're getting there. We're still in the throne room. Listen, we can stay in the throne room all year long. That's fine with me. Listen, I'm telling you right now, these last few weeks have been great. I love it. But listen, we've got to have a love for the Word of God. Listen, we can't just come in here and expect to live off Brother Steve or Brother Donald or Brother Brian or Brother Matt or uh, Brother Adam's preaching. We can't. We can't just come in here on Wednesdays and just take in a little bit of dose and just keep going. We've got to take an account for ourselves. We've got to study and dissect the Word of God for ourselves. And that comes down to you doing what God has called you to do and living as God has called you to live. Can you imagine if all the people that has God's Word would keep God's Word? And would show that they truly love him by keeping his commandments. Can you imagine what kind of place this would be? 
if everybody that walked around that claimed to be a Christian would truly keep God's word? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if people wouldn't take the word of God and distort it and twist it and corrupt it? Can you imagine if people would take the word of God and not use it for their own profitable gain? Can you imagine if people would just take the word of God for what it is? So pure, so holy, so infallible, and so powerful. And just let it wash over them. And just let it transform their life. And let them make them into the image of Christ. Let it be a mirror that brings up the flaws in our life that we want to bring to ourselves to conviction. That we want to take those things out of our life. Bring us to repentance. Can you imagine if we just allowed the word of God to do that? So it used to be a time where people would go in to the word of God and allow the word of God to judge them. But I believe now we're coming into a time where people want to go into the word of God and try to judge the word of God. And talk about the inerrancy, or excuse me, the, the errors in there. And how people, men have wrote it. Yes, absolutely men have wrote it. But in Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for reproof, correction, instruction unto righteousness. God breathed into those men. God spoke unto those men, and they pinned it down. Just as John was sitting in heaven, and he was looking at the throne, and looking at the beasts, and looking at the elders, and looking at the Lamb who was worthy to be slain. Listen, listen, just as he was looking at that and writing it down, God spoke that into his life, and he pinned it down. There not a word in this Bible that wasn't inspired by God. I'm telling you right now, every word from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22 is God-breathed and God-inspired, and you can believe it. We've got to get back to that point. We've got to get back to the point where we're just not, we're just not hand-picking out verses that we're going to live by. This is my life verse. We've got to get back to the point where we're just going to do away with the Old Testament and just keep the New Testament. No, the New Testament and the Old Testament come together, amen. They all point to Jesus Christ, amen. Listen, we've got to get back to that point where everything we do is founded off the Word of God. Amen. And number four, He will manifest Himself unto us. And as I was preparing this message, I told my wife, I got to this point and I said, I don't know what to write. And I just kind of stopped, and I just like, Lord. And so I closed it up and closed the book up, and I said, God, I just, I just, I, how, how, how am I going to end this thing? What am, what am I going to write, you know? And uh, it was about a day or so later, God spoke to me and said, just go back and, 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 and read the rest of the chapter. So that's what I did. You know what happens when we love God and keep God and keep his commandments? The Bible says that he will show himself unto us. Manifestation means to view Literally, it means Christ giving evidence through the Holy Spirit in our souls that He is alive in heaven. Ain't that awesome? Listen, we need a manifestation in our lives today. We need something that just takes out the fog and the worldliness and the fleshliness and all the desires that are not of God and just takes them out and we see Christ alive seated in heaven today. Listen, there's something powerful about reading and keeping and loving this Word this Word, the Word of God. And how does Jesus reveal Himself to us? And this is where God showed me. Obviously, Jesus reveals Himself and God reveals Himself through His majesty and through His creation. His magnificent, beautiful creation that He's given us. The hills, the stars, the moon, us, you and I. Listen, listen, everything, the oceans and the seas and the lakes and the rivers, all that speaks of God, Miss Kim. All that has God's fingerprint all over it. We know that. We can, the Bible says that we'll stand before Him will stand before Him without an excuse because we knew Him and glorified Him not. 
That's what the Bible says. There'll be nobody with an excuse. But listen, I begin to pray and I begin to ask God, how else will you manifest this? And he said, read the rest of the chapter, Andrew. Listen, this is how he'll manifest to us our mind. In John chapter 14, verse 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Listen, he said, I will manifest, my, manifest myself unto your soul. John 14, verse 27, the very next verse. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. Give I unto you, let your hearts not be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Listen, God makes this awesome manifestation in our hearts, in our mind. He makes himself known, and he appears and shows himself to us. And you say, well, what's so important about that? Well, if you think about it, where's your battle? The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, we don't fight flesh and blood. Listen, every day I wake up, every morning I wake up, as soon as I open up my eyes, it is a battle for my mind. There's thoughts going through my head about the day. There's things I've got to do and things I've got to go and things I've got to say. And listen, listen, the devil begins to get in my mind and try to corrupt it and try to warp it. And then all next thing you know, my heart begins to get troubled. I begin to have fear and I begin to have anxiety and sorrow and hurt and pain. And then the devil has conquered that day. And listen, he has taken me away from Jesus Christ. Listen, it is a battle for your heart. It is a battle for your mind every single day. It doesn't matter if you're blood-bought, born-again, redeemed. As long as you have breath and as long as your feet are on this soil, you will fight the devil in your heart and in your mind every single day. He's coming after you. Listen, as soon as you walk down the aisle or as soon as you hit your knees and say, Lord, I'm all yours. God, would you be Lord and Savior of my life? There's like a bullseye on you. And he's coming after you with everything he's got inside of you. He may not take your soul. The Bible says that we're in his hands and he's in the Father's hands. And no man can plug us out. Amen. But he's going to make you miserable. He's going to have come after you. He wants to wreck your life. He wants to depress you. He wants to take you down to the lowest valley. Amen. That's the devil's desire. He is a slanderer. He wants to drag your name through the mud. He's a father of lies. He's a hater. He's a everything you can think of that is negative. I can't stand him. I hate him. But let me tell you something. Jesus died. That way we can have a manifestation of him in our hearts and minds through the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Amen. Listen, if he be forced, who can be against us? Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. No, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Listen, Jesus says in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, I love this verse. He, he says this right here. He says, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not fear for the Lord God that goes with thee. He wants to trouble your heart with worry and fear and anxiety. And, I, and if, I was to, if I was to go out and, uh, and I would say that probably everybody in some sort fashion or some sort of way deals with some anxiety, some fear, some stress, and some trouble. Whether it's you or a family member. Some of you battle with thoughts in the mind. In James chapter 1 verse 6, I mean verse 15, it says, then when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. When we lust, we look upon those things. Men, whether it's another woman, women, whether it's another man, or whether it's some object in the world, we lust upon those things. We begin to look at them with our eyes. And listen, our eyes begin to turn into desires and thoughts and imaginations. And then our, those things begin to turn into desires in our heart. And those things begin to bubble up. You begin to ponder on them. 
You begin to think about them. You begin to lust upon them. The Bible says that lust brings forth sin. You begin to lust and concentrate and focus on it because the devil, listen, when you put that trick worm on there and you throw it over there on those lily pads and that thing falls down and it runs across that bottom, that thing looks good. Them bass are sitting there waiting. The devil's holding that thing in front of you. She walks by your office or he walks by your office. That computer screen pops up. Slow and subtle. Next thing you know, you're in deep, deep, deep trouble. You found yourself in a hard place. You found yourself to where you feel like you can't get out. You're trapped. And the Bible says that after lust is done, it brings forth sin. And when you take that lust, you take them desires, and you bring it forth into the flesh, you brought forth sin. And then all, the next thing you know, the Bible says we have death. That's what Satan desires. Does that sound appealing to you? Jesus knew these very things would happen. Jesus knew that we would need help in these areas. Listen to me, church. Jesus said, hey, I'm not just going to go. Listen, if Jesus said, <clears throat> if Jesus said, I'm going to heaven to prepare a place for me, I'll be back someday. That would have been good enough for me. I said, oh, you know, if I'd have read that in the Bible, that would have been good enough for me. But no, 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 no. Jesus said, I'm going to give you the earnest of the Spirit. I'm going to make a down payment on your soul, amen. I'm going to make a down payment on your soul. It belongs to me. And one day I'm going to get all of you in all of my glory. He said, but I'm going to give you this Holy Spirit to walk with you, to guide you, to help you, to encourage you, to strengthen you, to grow you, to show you. All these things that you'll need. Because listen right here. The Bible says this. He says that I will give you peace. No, excuse me. I got, I got ahead of myself. He says I will bring my word, my teachings, my commandments, and my ways to your remembrance. I will guard your mind. It's like Jesus says I will put an army. I will, I listen, when I pray for my wife and I pray for my children, I say, God, would you encamp your army, your angels. Listen, everything that you got, bring out all the forces you got from heaven and put them around my wife and put them around my children. God, every decision, every movement, every breath, they make God would you please be present with them and that's what Jesus is saying he said I'll be there in your mind he said I'll bring all the things that you heard from Sunday school I'll bring them up to remembrance to you all the scripture that you've read I'll bring it up to remembrance to you all the hymn songs well listen listen I know that we have people that are, can't remember anything there and their minds are getting bad and they don't know who their loved ones are but when you break out that hymnal and you break out those songs and you bring out that scripture they begin to know it they begin to sing it he said I'll bring it all to remembrance Listen, when you feel like you're on an island and things just can't get clear, he'll bring that scripture up. Listen, when you, when you put these words in your heart, when you hide them in your heart, that you may not sin against God at the right time, at the right moment, they'll come up. They'll come up. They'll help you. He said, I'll bring all things unto remembrance through you. The Holy Spirit will be with you in your mind. Amen. He said, you don't have to do it alone. Right. It was never created for you, never designed for you to walk through this life alone. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 and 20, he said, My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thy eyes. And listen, it says, Keep them in the midst of thy heart. That word heart is literally translated into thinking, into mindset. Never let the words of God get away from the way that you think. Take every thought captive. Everything we do ought to be ran through the filter of the word of God. 
Listen, he said, I will also give you peace during a troubled time. I will give you courage in the midst of the battle. Listen, peace that he gives to the heart. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, he says, And peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and keep your minds through Christ Jesus. Shall keep, let me read it, shall keep your hearts and keep your minds through Christ Jesus. See, Jesus, he knew what we was going to trouble with. Listen, us men, we want to put on boxing gloves like Rocky and go out there into the streets and we want to handle it ourselves, right? Like Fonzo. We want to go out there and handle business. We don't fight flesh and blood. There's a strength in this battle that we need that we can't come with an end. There's nothing in our being. There's nothing in our blood. There's nothing in our fibers. There's nothing in our mind, in our heart that can compete with these battles that are spiritual battles going on. There's only one that can do that. His name is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the one who crushed the serpent's head, the one who rose victoriously and triumphantly out of the grave on the third day, the one who when Mary came, he said, for he is not here, for he has risen. The one said, I'm going up to heaven and I'm coming back one day. The one that said, I will walk with you everywhere that you go. I'll never leave you. He said, I'm going to send the comfort. That man, that Jesus, the one who the whole Bible is, he has the power. He has the power, but we can have that power brought into our life to what they call the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit of God. Listen, I've met some people in my life that are dark. I'm talking about dark. They have gone through some low parts of their life. They are dark. There's no light. There's no hope. There's no nothing there. And they are just walking around miserable because Satan has blinded the eyes and blinded the minds of those who don't believe. But you know, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. And where there's light, there can't be no darkness. And where I am, the devil's not going to be. Listen, we've got to understand the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And he says that he will give us a peace that surpasses all understanding and shall keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Listen, let me tell you something. I may not have it always figured out. I may not have it always perfect. But let me tell you something. When I lay my head down at night, when I lay my head down on that pillow and I close my eyes, I know that no matter what the future holds, I know who holds my future. Whether it be my wife, whether it be my children, whether it be my family, or whether it be myself, if something tragic was to happen, I know who holds them. I know where my future is. Why? Because the peace that He gives me. This peace, He says, the peace that the world can't give, this, this world can't give you this peace. This alcohol bottle can't give you this peace. These pill bottles can't give you this peace. A pu- computer string can't give you this peace. Listen, your wife and your husband can't even give you this peace. There's nothing of or in or around in this world that can give you this peace. I'm the only one that can give you this peace. So many people are trying to find their peace in other things. And if they would just look to God, they would find that peace. Oh, man, they would find that peace. Listen, in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. And Andrew, you can go ahead and come up here. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid for them. For the Lord thy God, it is he that goeth with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Listen, when you go to battle, you need courage. I'm telling you right now, you need courage when you go to battle. When there's something, listen, when, 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 when you have something in front of you, you need courage, you need strength. 
And God says, I know that you're going to have troubles in your heart and in your mind. I'm going to be there to remember, bring these things up to remembrance. But I'm also going to be there to give you strength. I'm going to give you courage. Everything that you need to fight this battle. Listen, the best way that we can fight these battles now. Listen, church, the best way that we can fight these battles right now that are going on in our government with abortion and homosexuality and all these other things, the best way that we can fight these battles that are in the church today is on our knees in prayer with God Almighty. Taking these requests, these petitions, and our thanksgivings into the throne rooms, into the heavens. Listen, we need to be in prayer for this, Ameri- for this country, for America. Listen, for this world. We need to be in prayer for those third world countries. These missionaries we heard last month are going over and preaching the gospel to. Amen. Listen, they're going to the unreached parts of the world and preaching the gospel to these people who have never heard about a man named Jesus. They've never seen a white man before in their life. And here they are giving them the hope that lies within the coverage of this Bible. They are giving them the hope that lies within them. We need to be in prayer, church. We have to ask ourselves, why is God's word so important? He clearly tells us that we're going to need it. You have to do more than walk around with a Bible. You have to read it and keep it. You have to read it and keep it. The end results of someone reading and keeping the word of God because they love him. It's this awesome manifestation of his very own self through the Holy Spirit, the comforter. And I want to close with this verse right here. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. It says this right here. As ye have, therefore received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. The Bible says, walk ye, walk in the light as He is in the light. Be ye holy, because I am holy. He says, if ye have received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk ye in Him. Rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Christians, we got to be rooted. we got to be established. Listen, there's too many Christians in the capital C church that are sitting on the pew and never going anywhere. They're not growing. They're not studying. They're not doing anything. They're just sitting there. They're not rooted. And man, when that wind comes through, when that wind comes through in that storm, man, it rips them straight out of the ground. They don't have no way which way to go. They're not rooted. They're not grounded. But here's the deal. This is what I'm going to close with. Friends, family, it's very hard to be rooted in Christ. It's very hard to be founded, have a foundation, be established in Christ if you don't know Christ. It's very hard to have those things come up to remembrance, have that peace in your heart if you don't know Christ. It's very hard to walk through the battles of life don't have Christ listen the greatest gift was given to us through a man named Jesus Christ and we can have him in our life said hey brother Craig he'll go with us to the schools he'll go with us to the factories he'll come with us to church he'll go with us to our home and our bedrooms and, and everywhere we go he goes he wants to go with you But it's hard to have any of that if you don't know Christ. And listen, here's the thing. The Bible says that Romans 10, 13, Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you believe that He was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. For the heart, man believeth in the righteousness, confession is made unto salvation. 
Maybe you say, that's me, Andrew. All you have to do is say a prayer saying, Lord, just come into my heart. Lord, would you become Lord and Savior of my life? Would you save me from my sin? God, would you set me on fire for your word? God, would you turn me in the direction of the cross? And Lord, let me put the world behind me. No turning back, no turning back. But maybe you say, I am saved. Andrew, I do know Jesus, but I have not been walking as I should have. I have not been reading the Word as I should have. I have not been fellowshipping and communion with Him as I should have. And maybe that's you tonight. But you know what? The Bible says that we're two or more gathered. There He is in the midst. And I know the presence of God is here tonight. And listen, this altar will be open for you. You come down and talk to Him. You come down and tell Him you're sorry or whatever it is that you need to talk to Him. Because listen, He wants to have communion with you. He wants to be in fellowship with you. He wants to be involved in everything that you do. Don't leave Him sitting outside on a porch no more. Don't leave him here sitting in the pews when you go home. Hey, take him home with you. He wants to be there. Would you please talk to him tonight? Lord, as we open up this altar, Father God, Lord, as we open up this time, Lord, would you allow these people to come and speak to you, God? Lord, would you just speak to him, Lord? Lord, we give you all the honor and all the praise and all the glory for it all. God, would you have your way during this invitation time? In Jesus' name, amen. Stand with us as we've seen. Hey, you can come to the altar now. If you need prayer, I'd love to pray with you. Church, if you don't have a Bible, I'd love for you to come see me. We have a ministry here, Brother Adam. We'll get you a Bible in your hands. We can even get your name on it. Listen, we want you to have a Bible. We'll make sure that you get a Bible. Listen, this is the best thing that you can carry with you. As Brother Stanley came a few Sunday nights ago and church was over and he was back there cleaning up and everything and as and his wife was walking out the door and 
he was he and uh, he was going to follow her, and he had his Bible sitting on the chairs back there that were stacked up. And he was as he was following, her, he said, "Oh, I got to turn. I got to get my sword." And I was like, "What's he talking about?" And he went over there and picked up his Bible, and I said, "Oh man, that's good. That's good. I know it's called the Word of God, the sword, the sharpened to to any two-edged sword. But when he said that, I thought about how many men walk out of their house in the morning without their sword. How many women put their makeup on, get all." Get all their stuff on to go to work or wherever it is they're going. And they walk out of the house without their sword. Children, you young teens, how many of you get up in the morning, bolt off to school without your sword? Jesus wants to go with you. Jesus wants to go with you. He's given this sword that we may have it and use it. God, we love you. God, I can't tell you how much, how thankful I am for your grace, your mercy, and your love. God, as a young boy in eighth grade, you tried to tell me, Lord, that I would love the word and I would be used, but I didn't see it. But God, you were faithful, just as you are with many of these in here. And just as you are with many of those out there in our community and in the world, you are faithful. And God, you pursue them. And through the preaching of the Word, through the drawing of the Holy Spirit, God, they come to faith in You, Jesus. Thank You for Your salvation. Thank You for Your blood that was shed on that cross because without the blood, Lord, we have no remissions of sin. And God, I know I can lay my head down tonight that I have forgiveness, that I have a mediator between God and man.